Section 13 of the Exemplary Novels of Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Exemplary Novels by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by Walter K. Kelly. The Little Gypsy Girl. Part 2. One morning after this, as they were returning to Madrid to levy blackmail along with other gitanas in a little valley about five hundred yards from the city, they met a handsome young gentleman richly dressed. His sword and dagger were a blaze of gold. His hat was looped with a jeweled band and was adorned with plumes of various colors. The gitanas stopped on seeing him and set themselves to observe his movements at their leisure wondering much that so fine a cavalier should be alone and on foot in such a place at that early hour. He came up to them, and addressing the eldest Hitana, said, On your life, friend, I entreat you to do me the favor to let me say two words in private to you and Preciosa. It shall be for your good. With all my heart, said the old woman, so you do not take us much out of our way, or delay us long and calling Preciosa, they withdrew to some twenty paces' distance, where they stopped, and the young gentleman thus addressed them. I am so subdued by the wit and beauty of Preciosa, that after having in vain endeavored to overcome my admiration, I have at last found the effort impossible. I, senoras, for I shall always give you that title, if heaven favors my pretensions. As a knight, as this dress may show you, and opening his cloak he displayed the insignia of one of the highest orders in Spain. I am the son of blank. Here he mentioned a personage whose name we suppress for obvious reasons, and am still under tutelage and command. I am an only son, and expect to inherit a considerable estate. My father is here in the capital, looking for a certain post which by all accounts he is on the point of obtaining. Being then of the rank and condition which I have declared to you, I should yet wish to be a great lord for the sake of Preciosa, that I might raise her up to my own level and make her my equal and my lady. I do not seek to deceive. The love I bear her is too deep for any kind of deception. I only desire to serve her in whatever way shall be most agreeable to her. Her will is mine, for her my heart is wax to be molded as she pleases, but enduring as marble to retain whatever impression she shall make upon it. If you believe me, I shall fear no discouragement from any other quarter, but if you doubt me, I shall despond. My name is Blank. My father's I have already given you. He lives in such a house, in such a street, and you may inquire about him and me of the neighbors, and of others also, for our name and quality are not so obscure, but that you may hear of us about the court and everywhere in the capital. I have here a hundred crowns in gold to present to you, an earnest of what I mean to give you hereafter for a man will be no niggard of his wealth who has given away his very soul. Whilst the cavalier was speaking, Preciosa watched him attentively, and doubtless she saw nothing to dislike either in his language or his person, 
Turning to the old woman, she said, Pardon me, grandmother, if I take the liberty of answering this enamoured signor myself. Make whatever answer you please, granddaughter, said the old woman, for I know you have sense enough for anything. So Preciosa began. Signor Cavalier, she said, though I am but a poor gitana and humbly born, yet I have a certain fantastic little spirit within me which moves me to great things. Promises do not tempt me, nor presence sap my resolution, nor obsequiousness allure, nor amorous wiles ensnare me, and although by my grandmother's reckoning I shall be but fifteen next Michaelmas, I am already old in thought, and have more understanding than my years would seem to promise. This may perhaps be more from nature than from experience, but be that as it may, I know that the passion of love is an impetuous impulse, which violently distorts the current of the will, makes it dash furiously against all impediments, and recklessly pursue the desired object. But not unfrequently, when the lover believes himself on the point of gaining the heaven of his wishes, he falls into the hell of disappointment. Or say that the object is obtained, the lover soon becomes wearied of his so much desired treasure, and opening the eyes of his understanding, he finds that what before was so devoutly adored is now become abhorrent to him. The fear of such a result inspires me with so great a distrust that I put no faith in words and doubt many deeds. One sole jewel I have which I prize more than life, and that is my virgin purity, which I will not sell for promises or gifts, for sold it would be in that case, and if it could be bought, small indeed would be its value, nor is it to be filched from me by wiles or artifices. Rather I will carry it with me to my grave, and perhaps to heaven, than expose it to danger by listening to specious tales and chimeras. It is a flower which nothing should be allowed to sully, even in imagination, if it be possible. Nip the rose from the spray, and how soon it fades. One touches it, another smells it, a third plucks its leaves and at last the flower perishes in vulgar hands. If you are come then, signor, for this booty, you shall never bear it away except bound in the ties of wedlock. If you desire to be my spouse, I will be yours, but first there are many conditions to be fulfilled, and many points to be ascertained. In the first place I must know if you are the person you declare yourself to be, Next, should I find this to be true, you must straightway quit your father's mansion and exchange it for our tents, where, assuming the garb of a gypsy, you must pass two years in our schools, during which I shall be able to satisfy myself as to your disposition, and you will become acquainted with mine. At the end of that period, if you are pleased with me and I with you, I will give myself up to you as your wife, but till then I will be your sister and your humble servant, and nothing more. Consider, Signor, that during the time of this novitiate you may recover your sight, which now seems lost, or at least disordered, and that you may then see fit to shun what now you pursue with so much ardor. 
you will then be glad to regain your lost liberty and having done so you may by sincere repentance obtain pardon of your family for your faults if on these conditions you are willing to enlist in our ranks the matter rests in your own hands but if you fail in any one of them you shall not touch a finger of mine the youth was astounded at preciosa's decision and remained as if spellbound with his eyes bent on the ground apparently considering what answer he should return seeing this preciosa said to him this is not a matter of such light moment that it can or ought to be resolved on the spot return senor to the city consider maturely what is best for you to do and you may speak with me in this same place any weekday you please as we are on our way to or from madrid when heaven disposed me to love you preciosa replied the cavalier i determined to do for you whatever it might be your will to require of me though it never entered my thought that you would make such a demand as you have now done but since it is your pleasure that i should comply with it count me henceforth as a gipsy and put me to all the trials you desire you will always find me the same towards you as i now profess myself fix the time when you will have me change my garb i will leave my family under pretext of going to flanders and will bring with me money for my support for some time in about eight days i shall be able to arrange for my departure and i will contrive some means to get rid of my attendants so as to be free to accomplish my purpose what i would beg of you if i might make bold to ask any favor is that except to-day for the purpose of inquiring about me and my family you go no more to madrid for i would not that any of the numerous occasions that present themselves there should deprive me of the good fortune i prize so dearly not so senor gallant said preciosa wherever i go i must be free and unfettered my liberty must not be restrained or encumbered by jealousy be assured however that i will not use it to such excess but that any one may see from a mile off that my honesty is equal to my freedom the first charge therefore i have to impose upon you is that you put implicit confidence in me for lovers who begin by being jealous are either silly or deficient in confidence you must have satan himself within you little one said the old gypsy why you talk like a bachelor of salamanca you know all about love and jealousy and confidence how is this you make me look like a fool and i stand listening to you as to a person possessed who talks latin without knowing it hold your peace grandmother replied preciosa and know that all the things you have heard me say are mere trifles to the many greater truths that remain in my breast all that preciosa said and the sound sense she displayed added fuel to the flame that burned in the breast of the enamoured cavalier finally it was arranged that they should meet in the same place on that day senite when he would report how matters stood with him and they would have had time to inquire into the truth of what he had told them the young gentleman then took out a brocaded purse in which he said there were a hundred gold crowns and gave it to the old woman but preciosa would by no means consent that she should take them 
Hold your tongue, Niña, said the grandmother. The best proof this señor has given of his submission is in thus having yielded up his arms to us in token of surrender. To give, upon whatever occasion it may be, is always the sign of a generous heart. Moreover, I do not choose that the Hetanas should lose through my fault the reputation they have had for long ages of being greedy of lucre. Would you have me lose a hundred crowns, Preciosa? A hundred crowns in gold that one may stitch up in the hem of a petticoat not worth two reals and keep them there as one holds a rent charge on the pastures of Estramadura. Suppose that any of our children, grandchildren, or relations should fall by any mischance into the hands of justice. Is there any eloquence so sure to touch the ears of the judge as the music of these crowns when they fall into his purse? Three times, for three different offences, I have seen myself all but mounted on the ass to be whipped. But once I got myself off by means of a silver mug, another time by a pearl necklace, and the third time with the help of forty pieces of eight, which I exchanged for quartos, throwing twenty reals into the bargain. Look, you niña, ours is a very perilous occupation, full of risks and accidents, and there is no defense that affords us more ready shelter and succor than the invincible arms of the great Philip. Nothing beats the plus ultra. For the two faces of a doubloon, a smile comes over the grim visage of the procurator, and of all the other ministers of mischief, who are downright harpies to us poor hitanas, and have more mercy for highway robbers than for our poor hides. Let us be ever so ragged and wretched in appearance. They will not believe that we are poor, but say that we are like the doublets of the gavachos of Belmont, ragged and greasy, and full of doubloons. Say no more, for heaven's sake, grandmother, said Preciosa. Do not string together so many arguments for keeping the money, but keep it, and much good may it do you. I wish to God you would bury it in a grave out of which it may never return to the light, and that there may never be any need of it. We must, however, give some of it to these companions of ours, who must be tired of waiting so long for us. They shall see one coin out of this purse as soon as they will see the Grand Turk, the old woman replied. The good seigneur will try if he has any silver coin or a few coppers remaining to divide amongst them, for they will be content with a little. Yes, I have, he said, and he took from his pocket three pieces of eight, which he divided among the gitanas with which they were more delighted than the manager of a theatre when he is placarded as victor in a contest with a rival. Finally it was settled that the party should meet there again in a week, as before mentioned, and that the young man's gypsy name should be Andrew Caballero, for that was a surname not unknown among the gypsies. Andrew, as we shall henceforth call him, could not find courage to embrace Preciosa, but darting his very soul into her with a glance, he went away without it, so to speak, and returned to Madrid. The gypsies followed soon after, and Preciosa, who already felt a certain interest in the handsome and amiable Andrew, was anxious to learn if he was really what he said. They had not gone far before they met the page of the verses and the gold crown. Welcome, Preciosa, he said, coming up to her. 
Have you read the lines I gave you the other day? Before I answer you a word, said she, you must, by all you love best, tell me one thing truly. Upon that adjuration, he replied, I could not refuse an answer to any question, though it should cost me my head. Well, then, what I want to know is this. Are you, perchance, a poet? If I were one, it would certainly be perchance, said the page. But you must know, Preciosa, that the name of poet is one which very few deserve. Thus I am not a poet, but only a lover of poetry. Yet for my own use I do not borrow of others. The verses I gave you were mine, as are these also which I give you now. But I am not a poet for all that. God forbid. Is it such a bad thing to be a poet? Preciosa asked. It is not a bad thing, he answered, but to be a poet and nothing else I do not hold to be very good. We should use poetry like a rich jewel, the owner of which does not wear it every day, or show it to all people, but displays it only at suitable occasions. Poetry is a beautiful maiden, chaste, honest, discreet, reserved, and never overstepping the limits of perfect refinement. She is fond of solitude. She finds pleasure and recreation among fountains, meadows, trees, and flowers, and she delights and instructs all who are conversant with her. I have heard for all that, said Preciosa, that she is exceedingly poor, something of a beggar in short. It is rather the reverse, said the page, for there is no poet who is not rich, since they all live content with their condition and that is a piece of philosophy which few understand. But what has moved you, Preciosa, to make this inquiry? I was moved to it because, as I believe all poets, or most of them, to be poor, that crown which you gave me wrapped up with the verses caused me some surprise. But now that I know that you are not a poet, but only a lover of poetry, it may be that you are rich, though I doubt it for your propensity is likely to make you run through all you have got. It is a well-known saying that no poet can either keep or make a fortune. But the saying is not applicable to me, said the page. I make verses, and I am neither rich nor poor, and without feeling it or making a talk about it, as the Genoese do with their invitations, I can afford to give a crown, or even two, to whom I like. Take then, precious pearl, this second paper, and this second crown enclosed in it, without troubling yourself with the question whether I am a poet or not. I only beg you to think and believe that he who gives you this would fain have the wealth of Midas to bestow upon you. Preciosa took the paper, and feeling a crown within it, she said, This paper bids fair to live long, for it has two souls within it that of the crown and that of the verses, which of course are full of souls and hearts as usual. But please to understand, Signor Page, that I do not want so many souls, and that unless you take back one of them, I will not receive the other on any account. I like you as a poet and not as a giver of gifts, and thus we may be the longer friends, for your stock of crowns may run out sooner than your verses. Well, said the page, since you will have it that I am poor, do not reject the soul I present to you in this paper, 
and give me back the crown which since it has been touched by your hand shall remain with me as a hallowed relic as long as i live preciosa gave him the crown and kept the paper but would not read it in the street the page went away exulting in the belief that preciosa's heart was touched since she had treated him with such affability it being now her object to find the house of andrew's father she went straight to the street which she knew well without stopping anywhere to dance about halfway down it she saw the gilded iron balcony which andrew had mentioned to her and in it a gentleman of about fifty years of age of noble presence with a red cross upon his breast the gentleman seeing the gitania called out come up here niñas and we will give you something these words brought three other gentlemen to the balcony among whom was the enamoured andrew the instant he cast his eyes on preciosa he changed colour and well-nigh swooned such was the effect her sudden appearance had upon him the girls went upstairs whilst the old woman remained below to pump the servants with respect to andrew as they entered the room the elder gentleman was saying to the others this is no doubt the handsome gitania who is so much talked of in madrid it is said andrew and she is unquestionably the most beautiful creature that ever was seen so they say said preciosa who had overheard these remarks as she came in but indeed they must be half out in the reckoning i believe i am pretty well but as handsome as they say not a bit of it by the life of don juanico my son said the elder gentleman you are far more so fair gitana and who is don juanico your son said preciosa that gallant by your side said the cavalier truly i thought your worship had sworn by some bantling of two years old said preciosa what a pretty little pet of a don juanico why he is old enough to be married and by certain lines on his forehead i foresee that married he will be before three years are out and much to his liking too if in the meantime he be neither lost nor changed ay ay said one of the company the gitania can tell the meaning of a wrinkle during this time the three gipsy girls who accompanied preciosa had got their heads together and were whispering each other girls said christina that is the gentleman that gave us the three pieces of eight this morning sure enough said they but don't let us say a word about it unless he mentions it how do we know but he may wish to keep it secret whilst the three were thus conferring together preciosa replied to the last remark about wrinkles what i see with my eyes i divine with my fingers of the senor don juanico i know without lines that he is somewhat amorous impetuous and hasty and a great promiser of things that seem impossible god grant he be not a deceiver which would be worse than all he is now about to make a long journey but the bay horse thinks one thing and the man that saddles him thinks another thing man proposes and god disposes perhaps he may think he is bound for Onez, and will find himself on the way to Gabiboa. In truth, Hitana, said Don Juan, you have guessed right respecting me in several points. 
I certainly intend, with God's will, to set out for Flanders in four or five days, though you forebode that I shall have to turn out of my road. Yet I hope no obstacle will occur to frustrate my purpose. Say no more, senorito, the gypsy replied, but commend yourself to God, and all will be well. Be assured I know nothing at all of what I have been saying. It is no wonder if I sometimes hit the mark since I talk so much and always at random. I wish I could speak to such good purpose as to persuade you not to leave home, but remain quietly with your parents to comfort their old age, for I am no friend to these Flanders expeditions, especially for a youth of your tender years. Wait till you are grown a little more, and better able to bear the toils of war, and the rather as you have war enough at home, considering all the amorous conflicts that are raging in your bosom. Gently, gently with you, madcap. Look what you are doing before you marry, and now give us a little dole for God's sake, and for the name you bear, for truly I believe you are well born. And if along with this you are loyal and true, then I will sing jubilee for having hit the mark in all I have said of you. I told you before, Nina, said Don Juan, otherwise Andrew Caballero, that you were right on every point except as to the fear you entertain that I am not quite a man of my word. In that respect you are certainly mistaken. The word that I pledge in the field I fulfill in the town, or wherever I may be, without waiting to be asked. For no man can esteem himself a gentleman who yields in the least to the vice of falsehood. My father will give you alms for God's sake and for mine, for in truth I gave all I had this morning to some ladies, of whom I would not venture to assert, that they are as obliging as they are beautiful, one of them especially. Hearing this, Christina said to her companions, May I be hanged, girls, if he is not talking of the three pieces of eight he gave us this morning. No, that can't be, one of them observed for he said they were ladies, and we are none, and being so true-spoken as he says he is, he would not lie in this matter. Oh, but, said Christina, that is not a lie of any moment that is told without injury to anybody, but for the advantage and credit of him who tells it. Be that as it may, I see he neither gives us anything nor asks us to dance. The old gypsy now came into the room and said, Make haste, granddaughter, for it is late, and there is much to be done, and more to be said. What is it, grandmother? said Preciosa. A boy or a girl? A boy, and a very fine one. Come along, Preciosa, and you shall hear marvels. God grant the mother does not die of her afterpains, said the granddaughter. We will take all possible care of her. She has had a very good time, and the child is a perfect beauty. "'Has any lady been confined?' said Andrew's father. "'Yes, senor,' replied the old Hitana. "'But it is such a secret that no one knows of it except Preciosa, myself, and one other person, so we cannot mention the lady's name.' "'Well, we don't want to know it,' said one of the gentlemen present. "'But God help the lady who trusts her secret to your tongues and her honor to your aid.' We are not all bad, replied Preciosa. 
perhaps there may be one among us who piques herself on being as trusty and as true as the noblest man in this room let us be gone grandmother for here we are held in little esteem though in truth we are neither thieves nor beggars do not be angry preciosa said andrew's father of you at least i imagine no one can presume anything ill for your good looks are warrant for your good conduct do me the favour to dance a little with your companions i have here a doubloon for you with two faces and neither of them as good as your own though they are the faces of two kings the moment the old woman heard this she cried come along girls tuck up your skirts and oblige these gentlemen preciosa took the tambourine and they all danced with so much grace and freedom that the eyes of all the spectators were riveted upon their steps especially those of andrew who gazed upon preciosa as if his whole soul was centred in her but an untoward accident turned his delight into anguish in the exertion of the dance preciosa let fall the paper given her by the page it was immediately picked up by the gentleman who had no good opinion of the gipsies he opened it and said what have we here a madrigal good break off the dance and listen to it for as far as i can judge from the beginning it is really not bad preciosa was annoyed at this as she did not know the contents of the paper and she begged the gentleman not to read it but give it back to her all her entreaties however only made andrew more eager to hear the lines and his friend read them out as follows who hath preciosa seen dancing like the fairy queen ripplets on a sunlit river like her small feet glance and quiver when she strikes the timbrel featly when she warbles oh how sweetly pearls from her white hands she showers from her rosy lips drop flowers not a ringlet of her hair but doth thousand souls ensnare not a glance of her bright eyes but seems shot from love's own skies he in obeisance to this sovereign maid his bow and quiver at her feet hath laid por dios exclaimed the reader he is a dainty poet who wrote this he is not a poet senor said preciosa but a page and a very gallant and worthy man mind what you say preciosa returned the other for the praises you bestow on the page are so many lance thrusts through andrew's heart look at him as he sits aghast thrown back on his chair with a cold perspiration breaking through all his pores do not imagine maiden that he loves you so lightly but that the least slight from you distracts him go to him for god's sake and whisper a few words in his ear that may go straight to his heart and recall him to himself go on receiving such madrigals as this every day and just see what will come of it it was just as he had said andrew had been racked by a thousand jealousies on hearing the verses and was so overcome that his father observed it and cried out what ails you don juan you are turned quite pale and look as if you were going to faint wait a moment said preciosa let me whisper certain words in his ear and you will see that he will not faint then bending over him she said almost without moving her lips a pretty sort of hitano you will make why andrew 
how will you be able to bear the torture with gauze when you are overcome by a bit of paper then making half a dozen signs of the cross over his heart she left him after which andrew breathed a little and told his friends that preciosa's words had done him good finally the two-faced doubloon was given to preciosa who told her companions that she would change it and share the amount honorably with them andrew's father entreated her to leave him in writing the words she had spoken to his son as he wished by all means to know them she said she would repeat them with great pleasure and that though they might appear to be mere child's play they were of sovereign virtue to preserve from the heartache and dizziness of the head the words were these silly pate silly pate why run on at this rate no tripping or slipping or sliding have trusty assurance and patient endurance and ever be frank and confiding to ugly suspicion refuse all admission nor let it your better sense twist over all this if you'll do you'll not rue for excellent things will ensue with the good help of god and saint christopher only say these words she continued over any person who has a swimming in the head making at the same time six signs of the cross over his heart and he will soon be as sound as an apple when the old woman heard the charm she was amazed at the clever trick played by her granddaughter and andrew was still more so when he found that the whole was an invention of her quick wit preciosa left the madrigal in the hands of the gentleman not liking to ask for it lest she should again distress andrew for she knew without any one teaching her what it was to make a lover feel the pangs of jealousy before she took her leave she said to don juan every day of the week senor is lucky for beginning a journey not one of them is black hasten your departure therefore as much as you can for there lies before you a free life of ample range and great enjoyment if you choose to accommodate yourself to it it strikes me that a soldier's life is not so free as you say replied andrew but one of submission rather than liberty however i will see what i can do you will see more than you think for said preciosa and may god have you in his keeping and lead you to happiness as your goodly presence deserves these farewell words filled andrew with delight the gitanas went away no less gratified and shared the doubloon between them the old woman as usual taking a part and a half both by reason of her seniority as because she was the compass by which they steered their course on the wide sea of their dances pleasantry and tricks end of the little gypsy girl part two